Collider says BritBox has TV everyone should be watching. Stream acclaimed series with powerful performances from Jodie Whittaker, Tamara Lawrence, Bella Ramsey and Matthew McFadden. Discover new BritBox original series you won't find anywhere else. Like Three Little Birds, Agatha Christie's Murder is Easy and a new chapter of BAFTA winning drama, Time. Stream what the New York Times calls the best of British telly, only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man who was born to love volcanoes. Here is the captain. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today, we are drinking Dream Pillow by the good folks over at Jackie O's. This is a delicious Hazy double IPA that is citrusy, creamy, and hoppy. ABV, a solid 9%. And you can find Dream Pillow wrapped in purple and blue tripped out can art. Don't stare too long or you will be transported to another dimension. Now, let's give some garage thanks and praise. First up, a big cheers to Lynn in Dallastown, Pennsylvania. And a big we like your jib goes to Jen from New Hampshire. And here's a long-distance cheers to Oscar in Didcot, United Kingdom. And a big shout-out to AJ in Olympia, Washington. And here's a double cheers to Greg and Candy in Mesa, Arizona. And last but certainly not least, everybody, we have a shout-out to Rachel in San Antonio, Texas. Everyone we just mentioned went to TrueCrimeGarage.com. They helped us out with this week's beer run, and for that, we thank you. Thank you guys so much for filling up the fridge. And when you're at the website, check out our t-shirts. We launched a couple new ones. We launched a couple old ones. We have a couple hoodies in stock. We have the Snuggie sweaters are back. We have a a Frank shirt, I think. (laughs) And if you don't know who Frank is, then get out of here. And that is enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime.
This week, we travel across the sea to the Emerald Isle to look at an ongoing missing persons slash death investigation case in Northern Ireland. But this isn't your average case of someone going missing and turning up murder. In this case, no one is really sure what happened here. And the victim is a juvenile. A child who simply went out for a bike ride to meet friends and ended up dead in the strangest of places and in the oddest of circumstances. One detective called this the strangest case he'd seen in his over 30-year career. This is True Crime Garage, and this is the suspicious death investigation of Noah Donahoe. On Sunday, June 21st, 2020, Noah Donahoe, age 14, set off on his bike around 5.30 p.m. to meet friends at Cave Hill Country Park. This is in Belfast in Northern Ireland. Noah was a pupil at St. Malachy's College, a private Catholic boys' school founded in 1833. According to the Irish News, Noah was meeting a group of school friends to work towards his Duke of Edinburgh Award. Now, the Duke of Edinburgh Award is a civic self-improvement award given to young people who complete the requirements of each level. At Noah's age, the four requirements would be community service, mental skill building, physical recreation, and adventurous journey. This last one requires that an adventure be completed with a group of kids working together, which was pre-approved by an award leader. When Noah left the house, he had a large backpack containing his laptop and some books he anticipated needing for the day's activities. Noah is regularly described in the media as a talented cellist. At school, he played rugby and basketball and sang in the choir. He was an exceptional student and received multiple awards in the three years at the school, including the Spirit of the College Award, the Perfect Attendance Award, and various class prizes. That Sunday afternoon, Noah never showed up at Cave Hill Park. Yeah, now Noah's mother is going to plead with the public for any information about her son. His disappearance was completely out of character for him, and it seems that the police recognized right away that something was wrong once they received the report that he was missing. Noah was widely described as last seen wearing a black skateboarding helmet, a khaki green North Face jacket, gray sweatshorts with an emblem on one leg, a tie-dye blue hoodie, Nike sneakers with a bright yellow swoosh, and a khaki backpack. Noah's missing persons case became big news in Belfast, with people holding vigils and participating in searches. In fact, according to the Belfast Telegram, his case became one of the biggest missing persons cases in the history of Northern Ireland. On the day that he disappeared, on that Sunday, searches Sunday night and Monday, focusing on the area he was believed to have been heading to, Cave Hill Park, came up empty. But on Monday night, police received news 
that a woman named Karen Crooks called in. She had heard all about the missing boy as it was all over the news. Right. She told police that on Sunday night, so this was right after Noah went missing, he left his home at 5.30 p.m., she found a black Apollo mountain bike lying in the road at her North Wood Road home. This is a residential area. So at the time, you know, she just assumed some neighborhood kid left his bike and would come back and get it later. Right. She left it in front of her house and went to work on Monday morning. It is an odd place to find a, a bike. Maybe you'd see one on the sidewalk. We don't know the area, so we don't know if there was sidewalks. Or maybe you'd find a children's bike in, in somebody's yard. But in the street, I think that's a little uh, suspicious. So on Monday, she heard about Noah from the news and the description of his bike, a black Apollo mountain bike. Mm -hmm. So when she went home, she finds that the bike is still in her yard. No one's come to retrieve it. She called the police at 7 p.m. And on Tuesday, police confirmed that it was, in fact, Noah's bike. So police now had an idea where Noah had gone. Nope. This Northwood Road neighborhood is totally residential and is nowhere. It is nowhere near the park where Noah was supposed to be going, his his supposed destination. Yeah, I wonder how familiar he was with riding to the park. This was actually two and a half miles away from Cave Hill, and no one had any idea why Noah would be in that particular area. One thing that Irish crime fighters have at their disposal that is of tantamount to this case and cases like this is CCTV cameras all over the place. Right. The police service of Northern Ireland, PSNI, was able to put together a timeline of where Noah went and when by compiling CCTV footage from businesses and homes. I believe they had over 20 pieces of video footage with Noah on it. Yes. So this was from 22 different sources and they were able to watch nine full minutes of Noah's journey. This was broken up footage from 22 different cameras that captured Noah as he went past by utilizing the timestamps on the footage. They were able to track his travels that Sunday evening. Here are their official findings. One note before we get into the route Noah took that day, Noah's home address where he lived with his mother, Fiona, has not been published. Right. Media outlets like Belfast Live have published maps showing the different points where Noah was seen on CCTV that afternoon. And they place the starting point at the intersection of Apsley Street and Ormeyu Avenue. And I'm going to spell those just in case I'm not pronouncing them correctly. That's A-P-S-L-E-Y Street and O-R-M-E-A-U Avenue. The bike ride to Cave Hill from this area is 6.7 miles. So it would take Noah over an hour to get there. And like you said, he's not in the area he's supposed to be. That, that is one of the biggest mysteries of this case. Yes. And there's no real reporting about whether Noah had biked to this area before or if he was even used to such long bike rides by himself. So we don't know if he's familiar with this area where he's not supposed to be. Right. 
the Irish news reported that it was thought that Noah may have taken a wrong turn, you know, simply got lost from his home in South Belfast on his way to Cave Hill and ended up in the Shore Road Northwood area where his bike was found instead. Well, and how many times have you been driving or riding your bike or, or whatever you're doing? You make a wrong turn because you think it looks familiar. And then for a mile or a few miles, you're going, okay, now this doesn't look familiar. Right. And so you just keep going like, oh, I'm going to see something pretty soon that that makes me realize I'm going in the right direction, but you just don't. Well, and this is just last summer when this boy vanished. So keep in mind, Noah had a phone with him and he's a smart 14 year old. If he made a wrong turn, one would think he would just use a map app to obtain directions. Regardless, a wrong turn, even if that's the case, it's certainly logical. But if that's the case, it does not explain him vanishing. Right. Let's go through the timeline presented at the August and November preliminary hearings. Okay, so to be clear with everyone, they have held these hearings to try to determine what happened in this case. This is not a trial. Uh, This is simply people getting together and trying to decipher what happened in this particular situation. The timeline is as follows. Noah left his home in South Belfast on Sunday, June 21st at 5.41 p.m. on his bike. He had on his jacket and his backpack. He then traveled along Ormayu Road at 5.42 p.m. towards the city center before cycling through Victoria Square at 5.49 p.m. Then he hit Corn Market, High Street, and Royal Avenue, this at 5.50 p.m. So several different roads, traveling pretty fast along on his bike, covering a decent amount of ground. Noah was then seen traveling alongside the Art College near the corner of York Street and Frederick Street at 5.53 p.m. CCTV footage shows Noah traveling toward York Gate, by which stage Noah is clearly seen to no longer be carrying his backpack. Weird stuff. He's not interacted with anybody. He's simply traveling on his bike. And when we get to this clip, we can't see a backpack. He's no longer carrying his backpack. Noah then traveled along York street, crossing great Patrick street and the motorway, which is another word for their highway before turning left onto Broham Street and then right along North Queen Street at 5.57 p.m., moving toward the north of the city. This part is not on CCTV, but came from a witness statement, saying that at 6 p.m., as Noah cycled toward the Grove Wellbeing Center on North Queen Street and York Road, he fell from his bicycle just before the junction with the shore road. A motorist stopped at the intersection, witnessed this. It seems she did not actually talk to Noah because Noah got back on his bicycle within one minute and continued along shore road. At this stage, he was no longer wearing his green overcoat. He continued along York road, cycling in a normal way according to the barrister presenting the timeline. One minute later, at just before 6.02 p.m., Noah was seen entering Northwood Crescent 
from Skego Neal Avenue. He was wearing his black skate helmet, blue hoodie, gray shorts, and black Nikes. Then, because a story involving video surveillance footage would not be complete without a glitch in the timestamp, there was an initial gap in the timeline. It was reported to the public that the next sighting of Noah on CCTV was at 6.11 p.m. I think we're now 100% and the cases we covered on their CCTV where something is wrong. There's a timestamp is normally wrong. Correct. It's, it would be abnormal if they were 100% correct. So what we have here is the, the initial reporting at these hearings is stating, hey, there's nine minutes unaccounted for where Noah is not visible. We don't know what he's doing, who he's with, if anyone at all. This gap in the timeline was enough to cause all sorts of rumors, conspiracy theories, including that Noah could have been abducted and had fallen victim to a child molester or even been kidnapped in some politically motivated plot against British loyalists. But this was all eventually addressed by the PSNI. This is a statement from one of the hearings. It says, quote, Police have since confirmed that the 1811 timing is wrong. The timestamp on the actual footage is 1808. Police misunderstood at the time of its retrieval that the clock on the CCTV was three minutes slow and hence the reported actual timing of 1811. Police now understand the clock on the CCTV to have been five minutes fast, hence the new last sighting timing of 1803. These timings will be evidentially verified at the full inquest. But it's very strange. I mean, we have these gaps in time, but the fact that he's leaving his book bag behind, the fact that he's leaving his jacket behind, uh, we can't say for 100% certainty that he had no interaction with somebody because we don't have, obviously, every second of his travel that day. There's, yeah, that's correct. We don't have every second of his travel. However, what this means per this statement is that there is, in fact, no gap in the footage at all. The next sightings of Noah are at 6.03 p.m. Well, I, yeah, and I, and I think what they're implying is we don't think there was any interaction because there's no time gap showing that he would have stopped to interact with somebody. Correct. Correct. And again, from the official statement, this is for the next stage in the timeline at 6 3 PM. Noah is seen a short distance away outside of 85 Northwood road without any clothes. He is seen on this CCTV to go between numbers 89 and 91 Northwood road, which leads to an area of waste ground behind the two houses. This is a wooded area behind the neighborhood. Okay. Just to recap, no real gap in the CCTV footage, footage pulled from 22 cameras where we can see Noah traveling along on his bicycle. However, there are articles of clothing that seem to be disappearing as he continues on his adventure. Just, that doesn't make any sense. First, the backpack then his his jacket yeah and then to the point where he's he's visibly naked right so he's then seen walking in this residential neighborhood 
naked. The CCTV footage that captured this was from a camera on the Northwood Road home of Linda Patterson. So we are, at this point, no possessions, no clothes, and his bike is gone at this point. Correct. Now, Linda Patterson, um, which her CCTV captured this footage, she said that she was sitting in her living room watching television when she saw Noah bike past and he was not wearing any clothes at this point. She says that she called to her husband, but by the time he got into the room and they looked again out the window, the boy was gone and they saw his bike just lying in the street. She said to the media, quote, quite a few people saw him, but they just saw him from the waist up and didn't think anything of it, end quote. Yeah, they didn't see his dingle dangle. She also said that the boy did not seem to be in distress in any way at all. But again, this is a very quick sighting out a window here. Right. This is the last footage showing Noah Donahoe before he vanished. But here, here's what we do have, though, is we do have at some point that we know that there's a mistake between law enforcement and and the information on the CCTV. So I think some people wonder, is there possibly more mistakes that law enforcement just didn't catch? Yes. Uh, Linda's house, the eyewitness, her home appears to be a condo with multiple units in one larger building. This is also a cul-de-sac. Noah had last been seen between numbers 89 and 91. The address is 89 and 91 Northwood Road. One of these is the home of Karen Crooks. She's the woman who found Noah's bike and later reported it. So Noah was there biking naked. This is not a situation where the child was abducted at some point and somebody dumped the bike off in this neighborhood. We have eyewitnesses and footage putting him there before he disappears. And now simply it's a bike in the street. None of the footage, however, actually shows him removing his clothing at any point. It's reported that police believe Noah left the area on foot. They did not suspect foul play because in all of the footage they reviewed, which seemed to account for Noah's journey from his home to where his bike was found, he was not seen interacting with a single person. But regardless, no one knew where he went after the last sighting on Northwood Road. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. 
I love recommending IXL Learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. 
Head to factormeals.com slash true crime garage 50 and use code true crime garage five zero to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code true crime garage 50 at factormeals.com slash true crime garage five zero to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we're back. Cheers, mates. Cheers to you, Captain. I want to give a cheers out to a good friend of ours, Larry Finley. Yes. Passed away within the last week. So it's with a heavy heart that we, we give a big cheers and a big toast to Larry Finley. He joined the U.S. Navy and served this great country from 1959 to 1963. Afterward, he had a 35-year career in law enforcement where he served as a patrol officer a detective and a court liaison officer. And he was one of the first dare officers in the state of Ohio. He was, he was my dare officer. He was the dare officer at our school when we were kids. So Mm -hmm. he was a damn good guy and he will be dearly, dearly missed by all. So cheers to the Finn. All right, captain back to the information at the hearing. It was reported to the court that on Wednesday, Noah's helmet was found by a member of the public on Northwood road on the same day, his hoodie and shoes were discovered by a member of the public lying on a wall at 63 Northwood road. Mm -hmm. Clearly he had discarded his clothing and then gotten back on his bike. And I'm saying that with a question mark at the end and where were the rest of his clothes? You know, we, we don't have his jacket, his shorts. So now that the police knew that, that Noah was biking along naked and the witness had reported seeing him fall off his bike, people began to speculate that perhaps Noah suffered some kind of head injury during this fall. You know, we reported he was wearing a skating helmet, but regardless, theories abounded that perhaps he suffered some kind of concussion underneath the helmet. The fall from the bike and the motorist saying that he may have hit his head is what led police to believe Noah might have been disoriented, got lost, or was simply hiding. The PSNI superintendent, Clark, said, quote, The one thing we are majoring on is that he has in some way suffered a head injury, which led him to being disoriented. An appeal was made to the public to please search their homes gardens, garages, outbuildings, and surrounding areas for the boy. Police said, we still believe he may have gone into an empty building or shed. Foot searches supported by an aerial unit, police dogs, and a tactical team covered the area thoroughly, as well as local volunteers, but they still could not find the boy. They couldn't find Noah. The fall from the bike could not explain one thing. Noah shedding his backpack and coat because this would be before the fall. Right. And it also does not explain the direction he was traveling in. This is not the direction he should be going in. By the time he fell off his bike, he was in a location he had no business being in that 
anyone knows of, and it's far from his alleged destination. Okay, so then you asked about the backpack. On Friday, June 26th, it was announced that police recovered his backpack. Here's what happened. A known drug addict, his name is Daryl Paul, age 33, found the backpack. He says leaning up against a wall. We don't know exactly where. He ransacked it, and he tried to sell off some of the items he found inside of the backpack at like a, they call it a cash converters shop, but I imagine it's like a pawn shop. Mind you, there's the laptop computer inside this backpack. This was two days after Noah went missing on June 23rd. For unknown reasons, the store refused to buy it. Paul was arrested that week on unrelated charges and was sitting in jail. Meanwhile, this is bizarre, an anonymous call to police informed them that Daryl Paul was in possession of the computer, backpack, and school books with missing child Noah Donahue's name on them. Mm-hmm. So they don't find these items on this dude when they arrest him on unrelated charges. He's sitting in a jail cell because of these unrelated charges, this unrelated arrest, and magically an anonymous phone call comes in saying, hey, remember that missing kid that we still haven't found? This dude had some of this kid's belongings. Police are going to search his home to try to find these items or hopefully even find the boy. And they did recover the backpack and the books. They then recovered the laptop from a friend of Paul's. I guess he said that he, he loaned it to his friend or maybe possibly trying to sell it to the friend. Again, we look at these cases and we say, if you could have just, you know, one question answered this case, you're going to have a whole long list of them. But here, at this point in the timeline, I would be fascinated to know who called in this anonymous tip about these belongings. This lead is strange, too, because it turns out there was no possibility that Daryl Paul had anything to do with what happened to Noah. And this is per a police statement. Quote, CCTV footage confirmed that the individual who took the bag was a number of miles away when Noah was last seen with the bag at or about the art college. Right. This individual is being investigated for the offense under the theft act, and the police will deal with this manner separately. So Paul, per CCTV footage, they can put this guy at a completely different location, miles away from where this boy was, when his backpack disappears off of his body, off of his person, on the CCTV footage. Right. According to statements made at the preliminary hearing, Noah's phone was discovered within a few days of his disappearance. This was near a playground on North Queen Street. A citizen found the phone and turned it in. It was reported that both the phone and the laptop were undergoing forensic examination, as one would expect, although initial investigation did not discover anything useful or any useful information on either of the devices. Right. We don't have any record of him making connection with somebody through these devices. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be communicating with anybody. Uh, As far as we know, he's not looking up a map app to indicate that he's aware that he's lost. Again, we also don't have any communication of why 
he would be in that area and not heading towards the park. So as you will recall, the final piece of the CCTV footage showed Noah walking naked near a house on Northwood Road where his bike was found. Searches of the area at the time turned up nothing. But by Thursday, police seemed to be on to something. And we say that because by that Thursday, they're now asking everyone to stand down on their public searches. Remember, they were asking the public for help, for information, and for them to search their, their properties. Right. They're now asking the public to stand down. On Saturday, June 27th, six days after Noah was last seen, there was news. Police found Noah's body at 9.45 a.m. in a storm drain complex underneath the Shore Road area. Search and rescue teams had been searching the complex apparently for several days, Captain. PSNI Superintendent Clark made a public statement saying, quote, While we have no official identification, we believe it is the missing teenager Noah Donahoe. Clark asked the public to stop spreading baseless rumors about Noah being murdered stating that said he did not believe foul play to have been a factor. Yeah, I don't think there was any uh, puncture wounds, like bullet holes, or he wasn't stabbed with a knife or anything. Right. We do have some information from the autopsy. It was conducted, um, and rumors flew that Noah had been murdered, placed in the storm drain system to hide the body. Yeah, look, my issue with this examiner saying people shouldn't, question things so much in this area they did have people that were being harassed and stalked online so it's not out of the norm for the public to have some questions about that we have a we have a missing child that we have on film basically um removing all his belongings it just doesn't add up Correct. And the thing that we have going on here, too, is the baseless rumors that the investigators are telling the public, hey, can you please stop with this? This is not helping our investigation at all, because what you have here, Captain, is we know that his bike was found on Northwood Road. And then we have the public statement of, well, we tracked him via camera footage to where his bike went was found. And then. About a week later, we find him in the storm drain complex. It's it's We'll go through the storm drain complex here in a little bit. But we find his body in this area. What you have is you have accusations by people online who are saying, okay, well, this person that lives on Northwood Road, they must have killed him and abducted him and killed him. This person that lives on this street must have done this. Right. And that's not helping their investigation at all. I, I'm just saying that I, I don't think it's uncalled for for the a community that knows that people are being harassed online and stalked online to have questions. So the autopsy, again, with the rumors and everything like that, of course, they're looking for foul play, and the police suspected that Noah may have suffered a head injury resulting in this unusual behavior. The coroner was also looking for any signs of head trauma or head injury. The results of the autopsy were startling to many. It was found that the cause of death was drowning. Noah had drowned in the storm drain system, or it appears to be that way. Right. And to make things even more puzzling, it was also revealed that 
he did not sustain any severe head injury. In fact, there was no detectable head injury at all. According to the BBC, coroner Joe McCriskin said there is no evidence that Noah was attacked or that any other person was involved in his death. He also expressed concern about continued baseless online speculation about the incident. Now, what about uh, his mental health? Do we know if he's on any medication or do we know if he was ADHD or anything like that? It does not appear that he had anything of concern. Because if, if he had like severe ADHD or something like that and they had him on a high dose of something that maybe his parents stopped giving him or maybe he stopped taking, he could be having symptoms of like withdrawal which would make sense on why he was taking his clothes off because one of the symptoms of a, of a drug withdrawal would be that you feel like your body's on fire. Correct. Correct. Um, let's go through that storm drain system here because anybody that's not familiar with this case, they're probably just picturing this boy being found in a ditch somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, a large puddle of water, so to speak. So the storm drain system And also, let's try to figure out how he got there, because this is not what you're picturing if you're not familiar with this case. The police believe that Noah entered the storm drain of his own accord. This is something you would have to physically get into. Yeah. And they say, the police say that they know exactly where he went in. Now, we don't know exactly how they quote unquote know this, but they figured out that he was in the drain system and went in to search for him and ultimately retrieved his body. There's an obvious location where he could have entered if you believe that he's entering the nearest to where his bike was found. So that's that could be how they quote-unquote know that he entered the storm drain system at this location. I don't think anybody knows anything in this case is why I'm using air quotes there. Um, yeah, nobody. <laughs> nobody knows anything. No, well, nobody can see that you're making air quotes except right. for me. But um I think the thing here, the evidence that they're just not pointing out, which is obvious, is that there's latches with locks on these storm drains. So process of elimination, if all of them are locked going forward, you know, the the next five are locked and the five behind us are locked, but this one isn't. I think that's where they know the point of entrance. Yeah. So remember Karen Crooks, the nice lady who found Noah's bike and reported it. The entrance to the storm drain where it is believed that Noah went in is at the bottom of her yard behind her home. Now this is not a manhole or one of those small under the curb openings like we see in our cities here in the U S this drainage system is massive. It's a maze of underground tunnels spanning one kilometer and the drains themselves are huge. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying it looks just like this, but if you think of like Stephen King's It, you know. It's exactly the, what I thought of. You know, the dairy uh, sewage system. That's, that's what I'm imagining. These have been described as culverts carrying underground waterways. And the entrance behind the crook's home is a very imposing looking opening. Photos of the access point to the storm drain system it is thought that noah entered are available online 
The entrance is a very large concrete opening that descends into the ground, almost resembling the entrance to an underground tomb or maybe a crypt. And the opening is topped by a very imposing iron barred grate, clearly intended to keep people out. So the grate intended to keep people from going into the drain system. At first, there was some question as to whether Noah could fit through the bars. Karen Crooks said her small boys, their ages are five and seven, told her when they were discussing the case that they were able to squeeze through and had done so. The bars were seven and a half inches apart. Now, according that's according to the Irish News. Keep in mind, Noah's 14. He's not five or seven. So I think it's highly doubtful that Noah could fit through such a small opening. And as the captain pointed out, I don't know. He's, I mean, he's rail thin. Well, as um, you pointed out, we would later learn that this great, it was unlocked. Yeah. So it's intended to keep people out, but if you don't put a lock on it, it's the same as any unlocked door. Anybody can walk through the thing. Right. This is, could just simply be a tragic coincidence. I guess the complex had been inspected on June 18th, just three days before Noah died, but the inspection failed to note that the access hatch was not locked. Right. So on June 21st, when Noah had, for unknown reasons, decided to enter the storm drain, it was unlocked. The infrastructure officials placed a padlock on it on June 24th. This is after they discovered that the police were considering whether Noah could have gone into it. Yeah, three days after. This is three days too late. So, again, from the from the public's perception, right. you have this boy who went into what should appear to be a locked grate, and it's going to be, it, be reported as such. Now you're wondering, how did he magically end up in there? And then you find out, well, it, it was only locked just before they found him. It wasn't locked on the day that he went missing. Wait, hold on. Did you smell that? Lawsuit. So once it was established where Noah accessed the storm drain system, it took police several days to find his body. The waterway tunnels were pitch black inside, and it took many twists and turns. The PSNI superintendent Clark told the media that the storm drain system searches were, quote, extremely challenging well and what's going to be very challenging here is that even if they say he died from drowning again like we've talked about the case yesterday fire destroys evidence water destroys evidence equally yes and the superintendent included this in his statements about finding the body saying in my 30 years in the police this is one of the most unusual missing person inquiries that i have dealt with at the second preliminary hearing, this was on August 28th, the coroner addressed the court with his findings about the storm drain system and Noah's demise. This is quoted from the Belfast Live. Quote, today, in conjunction with the police and my counsel, I am providing some details which, was, which will dispel the many baseless and inaccurate rumors which continue to circulate. Today, I will set fact against fiction. To me, it seems likely that Noah entered the storm drain to the rear of 85 Northwood Road by lifting a metal drain cover, which at that time was not secured. I have examined the drain cover, as have police officers. 
and it seems entirely possible for Noah to have been able to lift that cover and enter the drain system at that location, end quote. The coroner described the drain as running underground from Northwood Road to Shore Road. And again, with him being found over a kilometer away from the entrance, this is a pretty big underground tunnel system. Yeah, I mean, he had a, you know, it took him days to find him, but also could he have gone down there? And again, we don't have pictures of this location. So could he have kept traveling when he got down down to the system without going through all the actual points and different roads and stuff, because I think it will just get confusing here in this audio format that we have, but there are maps online to one show you his journey that he took on his bicycle before going missing. And there are also maps that will show the different entrance points to this underground waterway tunnel system. I will post those on our website and I'll also post those on social media, Instagram at True Crime Garage, Facebook at True Crime Garage, and Twitter at True Crime Garage. But something that's incredibly important to understand here is the environment within the drain system itself. It's described as, of course, challenging. There's a lot of twists and turns. The drainage system there, it it backfills with water during intervals between low and high tides. So... What we have here is the storm drainage system is tidal. The water levels would ebb and flow with the tides. It would be entirely possible for someone to enter the drain when the water level was low or even very low, thinking that it would not pose any type of danger, only to get trapped down there when the tide rushed in. On July 6th, Fiona, this is Noah's mother, issued a statement that read, In effect, at this time, we are working with the PSNI on matters which are outstanding to the investigation, and we are seeking answers to questions which arise. Noah's disappearance and death undoubtedly raise questions. However, public speculation in theory is unhelpful. We are dealing with the facts. Okay, here's some questions. One, we don't know why he was gone in the direction he was going in and not towards the park. That doesn't make any sense. We have some time gaps, but we don't think that he was communicating with any individual. What happened during those time gaps? We we have those questions because sometimes we have items missing from him, but we don't have video footage of him actually discarding those items. Other question. Why does he get off his bike? Next question. He's naked. Why? And then what was the reasoning for going into the drainage system? Was that because he was naked? Right. You know, and he was looking for a place to, oh, I don't have any clothes. I, I need a place to hide. And then, like you said, the, the tide comes in and he, he drowns. Or was he having some kind of break? Was there some medical issues he was having that maybe his parents didn't know about? Maybe classmates knew about. I mean, the only reason why I say that possibly a symptom, and we can't even say for sure that it was a symptom, was like that he would feel like he was burning because why else would you take off your clothes? Right. So as far as like misdiagnose, like a disease or something, it is a symptom, a rare symptom of MS. I think there's even some stuff 
to do with um, diabetes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, it, did he have some kind of attention deficit disorder where they pulled him off his medication? Or did he have a mental thing that he was on some kind of narcotics that they pulled him off? And he started going into some withdrawals and just didn't know how to handle himself. I mean, he's only 14 years old. Well, and some people that have never heard of this case are probably asking, why is the garage covering this one? Well, first of all, it's been requested. Highly requested, yeah. And then second of all, for a week while this child was missing, it was considered by the public to be an abduction and possibly a murder. Right. Then he's found. Then the autopsies conducted to to confirm that he drowned, and it's believed he drowned in this drainage system. Well, a good amount of the public still question what the hell happened here. And so we have to look at this, put it under the garage microscope, and wonder if there was a crime that was committed here. Now, on August 9th, his mother put a post onto Noah's Facebook page that says, why do we not all wake up? My son died. We have no answers. We have nothing. Please start questioning why I have no answers. That same day, a petition was circulated on change.org. And this petition was people requesting that the PSNI, they're questioning the investigation itself and PSNI's handling of Noah's case. This petition got 22,500 signatures in just two days. So there's a lot of people that want to know what the hell happened here. Right, because, (laughs) and let me put my tin hat on, but the world we live in is not the world in which they just tell us about. And what I mean by that is just because they say that, you know, the walls are blue, sometimes you're looking at the walls and you go, those damn walls are red. But everybody's trying to tell me they're blue. And that's why I was saying, is the CCTV footage accurate? And is the information that law enforcement uh, is putting out to the public, is that accurate? Mm-hmm. And if it is accurate, then then there was no communication. There was no nobody else involved. There was no person of interest that he came in contact with. But you ha- you have to start with believing the information that has been given. Well, and many people have stated that the autopsy did not yield results um, that anybody felt good about. Many people believe that the autopsy itself, which we're only able to report a little portion of it. I, I don't know, could not find what I believe to be the complete autopsy to have been released. Right. And so, then, and then we've seen in multiple cases, hold on. <laughs> I smell him, a little Fami Malik. We know in, in plenty of cases of suspicious deaths or possible murders where the autopsy is, they don't make a lot of sense or there's errors. I mean, we saw that in uh, Kendrick Johnson's case. We see that with um, like the boys on the tracks case. Yeah, but I think that's quite a accusation there to be no, I'm just stating saying, that. I'm just saying that there's people in the public that will question that because of those cases, because of the the rumors that they've heard about other uh, foul play. I'm not saying that you should assume that the autopsy wasn't done correctly or that there was some weird workings of the autopsy. I'm just saying that that's because of other cases, people go, we still don't have any answers. Right. Well, was this autopsy done correctly? 
was the investigation done correctly? It, do the parents actually know, but they're they're hiding something from us? Yeah, and you're right. Many people have, have put forth the idea that the autopsy only presents more questions than it did answers. There was to be an inquest in the case of Noah Donahoe's death that was set for this week. In fact, it was set for Monday, January 18th, 2021. It appears that that has been postponed because of the COVID situation. So now what they're saying is, and I'm, I'm going to pull up this article here because this is a very fluid situation. Again, there was supposed to be a preliminary hearing where they were going to go through everything, all of the facts of the case just earlier this week. What statements have come from that is that one, it's to be postponed. There is some type of further hearing, which I don't understand the difference in what these hearings are. And I'm not going to pretend to, uh, but what I'm seeing here, captain, is that a further hearing will be conducted on April 12th, 2021. So this year, However, the formal final inquest will be held January 10th, 2022. Per that, we're going to be left with with little in the way of answers until we have that, uh, I guess, that final formal inquest, that final formal sit down. Yeah, I, this is definitely a case that we're going to need to revisit on off the record. And it's, it's just really sad. I mean, you got a kid, a, a young kid that's intelligent, good-looking kid. Again, it's just there's so many questions. Why is he heading in that direction? Why why is he taking his clothes off? Why is he taking his belongings and just tossing them aside? All the way down to where he's not even on his bike. He's on nothing. And then he goes into a draining system. And why is that system, why was it unlocked? Well, and, and I can only go what, what off, off of what I'm reading and what I'm seeing and it does not appear that anyone's denying or questioning if the grate itself was unlocked it seems to be pretty understood across the board that that happens to be the situation what is completely bizarre and i think you know i saw somebody post this and i think this is the the only way to describe this case in this situation we we had the chief inspector who says this is the most bizarre missing persons inquiry that I've seen in my 30 years on the force. But take that a step further. The best way to describe this is someone said this case is a real head scratcher. And that's exactly what it is. This case is fascinating to me. I have no freaking clue what happened in this situation because we can say things like, well, maybe there was a mental break. Okay. There's no, history there's no evidence leading up to this event of that that we've been made aware of we can say what about drugs what about a toxicology report there doesn't seem he doesn't seem to have been a drug user number one and number two there is no report of of what was found or not found in the boy system the thing here for me captain is it's question after question after question to get to this result there's no answer after answer after answer and this is what we have no it's he said he was going 
one place, he ended up in an entirely different place. He had the means and the resources to correct his route if he realized at any point he was lost. Right. Then we have his personal items and clothing seem to be disappearing right before our eyes. All of this stuff comes off of his person, but yet at no point on any of this camera footage. Now, mind you, there's tiny little breaks. You know, it's 22 cameras piecing together nine minutes of his travels, but it's boom. He's fully clothed, backpack, helmet, everything. Next picture, no backpack. Next picture, no jacket. And then to the point where he's naked, he's off of his bike. None of this makes any sense at all. And I, I can't, I cannot sit here and say that I believe that a crime was committed. I can say that I, that 100% there is a huge mystery before us. I feel bad for Noah and I feel bad for his parents and and the community. And and hopefully by April we have some more answers. Yeah. This case is so intriguing because it's, it's just so bizarre. It's perplexing. It's tragic. By all accounts, Noah was a lovely boy. He and his mom were very close. He was someone that would not be expected to behave in such a strange way, at least as far as the mainstream media has reported. There were no background issues that would indicate that Noah was anything but a normal teenager being raised in a loving household, even attending a rigorous religious school and working on being the best that he could be. So what on earth happened to him that day is anyone's guess at this point. And no theory makes complete sense. I've reviewed all the popular theories online and I can poke holes in every single one of them rather quickly. It is very interesting and it will be very interesting to see whether the inquest is able to provide us with any answers. For our bonus show called Off the Record, download the Stitcher app. It's on Stitcher Premium. And for all of our old episodes, they are free on the Stitcher app. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for telling a friend. See you back here in the garage next week for a new Off the Record and a new case. Until then, be good, be kind, and don't lose. Collider says BritBox has TV everyone should be watching. Stream acclaimed series with powerful performances from Jodie Whittaker, Tamara Lawrence, Bella Ramsey, and Matthew McFadden. Discover new BritBox original series you won't find anywhere else. Like Three Little Birds, Agatha Christie's Murder is Easy, and a new chapter of BAFTA-winning drama, Time. Stream what the New York Times calls the best of British telly, only on BritBox. Start a free trial at BritBox.com.